Welcome, everybody. My name is Chad Terry. My name is Jason Smith. I'm Chris Losek. I'm Steve O'Jeter. And we'd like to welcome you behind the counter. Beer everywhere. Beer everywhere. <laughs> it did get on the comic. Oh, of course. <laughs> oh, no. Was I did not do that. That was yours. That was, yeah. Son of a biscuit. One of us knows how to open a can. <laughs> One of us cares about comics, right? <laughs> and good beer. Uh, does anybody have a... Uh, I'm on call, so I was wondering if somebody would pour me a one ounce. I really will. Just okay. a little... Anyone? I don't know. I like anyone. how everybody was like... <laughs> I mean... I there you go. I was like, uh, COVID. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Um, it'll be all right. Thank you, sir. Hmm. That should be fine. I'm on call, so... I've been you wearing know. my mask and washing my hands, so yeah. I should be good. Uh, one of the things we do like to tell, we do talk about beer uh, every week, but we do like to talk about drinking responsibly. Yes. I'm on call, so I'm going to have a, an ounce in my... I was going to say, that's like... This yeah. is my Great American Beer Festival. I like that, GABF, every yep. year in Denver, Colorado. That's right. That one's plastic, too, so it's beautiful. <laughs> it's smart. <laughs> right. It's not so, like going to Wine Fest and everybody's... Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, out of their mind drunk because it's so hot. <laughs> and they've all got, like, wine glasses. You like glasses from And wine, because <laughs> wine's like 12%. Which, I will say, uh, getting into the beer, this is uh, an Imperial IPA that we are drinking. Lords I'm of Hoptown. Feeling Lords of Hoptown. The, so, already feeling the alcohol. Some say double drink. IPA. It's the same thing. A Dippa and an Imperial. It's, ABV has a lot to do with it, uh, or alcohol by volume. This one clocks in at 8%. Um... We made it at Ex Novo Brewing Company, which is the brewery that I work for, um, a collaboration we did with Whole Foods. So this beer used uh, Citra, Chinook, and Motueka hops, Motueka New Zealand hop, which is like a tropical hop, Citra, which is a classic IPA hop, which gives it like a stone fruit apricot taste. So what do you guys think? I, I like it. I've actually been drinking this for several days. <laughs> At 8%, you yeah. slow down. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta um, say, for a Dippa, like, it's actually really smooth because a lot of them are hot, like, they have that alcohol taste. I mean, it's there. It's pre it's present, but... Yeah, I, I feel it yeah. in my, like, yeah. throat. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the Dippa. <laughs> it's the delicious. Land of the Dippa. It's very good. It and is very good. I it's, like it a It's lot. a smooth-going, heavy IPA. Mm -hmm. I, I can drink a lot of this, but I shouldn't. You should right. not. That's the thing. Yeah. No. So, I will say this, the, the alcohol hits you on the back, not on the front yep. of the mm -hmm. drink, so, yeah. like, it goes down smooth, it's just after you take, a, after you swallow, you're like, oh, wow, there's alcohol in this for sure. Yes, there is, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Nice. So, yeah. Good one. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Of course. Are you kidding me? I like bringing good beer, so. Well. So, you mentioned Great American Beer Festival. I, guess, I assume you've been, Chad? I have, yeah. I went, uh, I think, three years in a row or so. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what's like for somebody who wants to go but who never has like me, like made like what's it like? Uh, it's really interesting um, because there's um, there's a couple different types of crowds that go. Mm -hmm. Some people go and they're like, I am gonna get smashed. I was gonna say slobber knockers, right? <laughs> and you can really find those people because they've got bracelets that have pretzels on them and a piece of pizza in a baggie. And they've got holsters with pretzels all around their body and suspenders. And you're like, oh, That's God. ridiculous, but I respect it. Right. Yeah. And that's the, 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 it's part joke, but it's part like, I'm going to eat as yeah. I'm drinking to help, right? GABF is the closest to a comic con you will get for beer nerds. So Bingo. think comic con for beer. And so 
I, I think there's a lot of people who don't even intend to get smashed, but you walk into the building and mm -hmm. all of the best breweries from around the country um, are there. My one of my favorites, Brooklyn Brewery in Brooklyn, New York, are there every. I mean, all the big ones. And so you go and you sample, and everybody's trying to be responsible, giving you a, a couple ounces, but you're also sampling from hundreds of the best breweries right, in America. Right. So the slush so, thing kind of happens whether you want it to or it not. It really does. Yeah. So, I'm, I mean, think of like Artist Alley at a Comic-Con, something yeah. like that. So now you're, except instead it's the brewers. It's typically the brewers, the owners. I actually have never been because I'm always holding down the fort at the brewery slash tap room. Mm. So, um, I, like, yeah. you've never been or I've you've never been? I've as... never been to GABF because I've always been. Oh, so I'm the only been, one... I've always okay. been the yeah. one back home going, okay, and then they're sending me, you know, our head of sales or our, or our owner or our a head brewer will be there sending photos right. like, hey, so-and-so says hi. I'm like, I hate you all. Yeah, well, so, yeah. Well, so, I'm always working the shop for yeah. the Comic-Con. Comic right. So, obviously, I've been to, like, yeah, yeah. I've been to all the, the Comic-Cons I've never done. So it's it's like opposite. you go to GABF, I'll go to the Comic Cons. Okay, we'll tell each other how it is. There you go. <laughs> the, you, Chris, you and I so, can you and I can trade off years going to comic conventions. I'm okay mm. with that. <laughs> if you ever do go to Great American Beer Fest, what you want to do is get the floor plan, find the breweries that you like that you're trying to taste their beer that you haven't had, right? And pinpoint those and go do those first. When you're done with that, then wander around, taste whatever, just but. So at a lot of the places, like the wine fests, you know, you're supposed to like spit it out. Um, is there ever anybody doing that at these things, where they just like no. taste the beer and then no. spit it out? No. Yeah. They, so you, there is you no know, way to not get drunk. At this no, but thing there is. Now. So they do have a little. Uh, they have buckets right there, so you can like you take your little one ounce glass and you go like this to taste it. And if you don't like it, you take the rest and you pour it in there. Yeah, so you I've done that. Pour it on their head. You're just like, <laughs> garbage. and it's terrible. I I don't do it because the usually the owner is like the one serving you. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh. So you just look oh, at you oh, right. in the eye. Oh, and pour it it in a the bucket. mellow tone of apricot and artichoke heart. That's <laughs> literally part of like when we opened the tap room down here. Every winery wanted their wine on at our brewery. Oh, yeah, 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 because we serve wines. And so it's like, we'll bring you a sampling. We'll bring you a tasting. And it's like 12 different wines. One, I'm actually not a huge fan of wine. Me either. Um, which made it great because it's like, hey, it better be good, you know? And so we've got great wines uh, down at Ex Novo. However, yeah, there were plenty of times where I'm sampling going, oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to have to finish this. <laughs> so, so, yeah. At Ex Novo, do you have a lot of, like, repeat customers that come in? Like, comic oh, book shops have a lot of people that come in? Yes, absolutely. We, I have a, I have a few that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, watering hole, I have people that are there every day, like Chris. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm just kidding. Before COVID, kind of. actually. <laughs> yeah, no. I saw you a lot. Yeah, I, I do see lot. him every single day. Just half the time, it's him rubbing his truck as he drives by. So, um, but the cool he thing is, that. so like the comic industry or like comic nerds or people that just love this, you know, here we regularly at Astro Zombies got people that would come in to show you their favorite stuff or they would bring you something that, or I was at this comic con and, and bring stuff in. That happens regularly at the tap room as well. Like I've, awesome. ne I've never had a slow pour pills in Denver from Bierstadt. Um, and one of our regulars hit me up this week on social media and said, Hey, I was in Denver. I'm bringing you a slow pour Pilsner. And I'm like, okay, so, sure. so I don't have to go to GABF Please. because they constantly, I, I get 
fun beers from a All lot over. of rad places. And I think one thing I love about the beer community is it's very inclusive. So the owners of a very prominent brewery in town live a couple blocks away from the brewery. They're there very regularly. That's awesome. Um, we used Don't a yeast from one of the local... Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, like, th- this last weekend, um, our head, our graphic designer, who does all of our cans, <laughs> all of our everything, was in town from Portland, and we visited six different breweries in one day. That's awesome. And <laughs> everywhere we went, it was like, hey, we're with Ex Novo, and it was like, try this one beer. And so we tried one, and then we're hanging out, and we're talking to the owners, or we're talking to the head brewer, and then we're going to another spot, because everybody's just excited for everybody else to succeed. So that's one thing I very much love about the industry because when you're passionate about something, um, it doesn't matter who produced it or put it together. I mean, it's like here, it doesn't matter if it's Marvel, DC, like you've got the fanboys that only care about one company. But for me, it's like, I love Image. I love Dark Horse. I love DC. I love Marvel. I I don't care. I just want something good. If it's good, it's good. If it's good, it's good. That's it. And so I think... I think that's why I was excited to be a part of this because um, I, I think they parallel each other very well. That's I, awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you know these two people? Oh my gosh, yes. That's my sister and my Are brother Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. They're there, yes. I mean, now with COVID, it's a little weird in the COVID times, but yes. My sister and my that brother That is hilarious. I told her they're we amazing were doing the show. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're so great. They're so great. I told them that you were on you? the show and she was like, Tell him you know us. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So that's the cool thing. Like, I, it's not even just the industry people. It's also regulars, like, much like the comic industry. Like, if they're excited about it, they're excited about it. And you meet, you meet a lot of really cool people. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. Also, I should have eaten before I drank this dippa. I'm just saying. <laughs> One well, more. I ate, we ate a late lunch. They, they teach so you that food doesn't do anything for you. It's all about time. Yeah, maybe. <clears throat> I mean, it can pad. It, I mean, there's... Right now, it just goes straight to your stomach lining. Right, absolutely, and, you are and your toast. lining is not doing yeah. anything. No, you need it's to eat. It's just chilling, yeah. For Thus, sure. right. pretzels but if like you're the drunk, snacks you can't the crazies that you were have mentioning in bread and it sobers you up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't, the, it definitely the, doesn't sober you up. Right, that's the falsity I'm, that people yeah, think Yeah, that is about. the falsity. The falsity, I the like falsity. that we both used a fake word. So, falsity embiggens the spirit of... I love the idea of just like... Like a Chewbacca style ammo belt. Heck yeah. It's just like pizza slices. Mm-hmm. Yep. And shot glasses. And shot glasses. <laughs> yes. Yep, yep. Then you can Maybe have a some... Han Solo holster that also oh. has a pizza slice. I love that. Or a hoagie. <laughs> or a grinder. Some yeah, people, yeah. Hoagies and grinders. Hoagies and grinders. <laughs> and grinders. Navy beans. Navy beans. <laughs> so, uh, uh, listeners out there, if you uh, want to know more about what we think about this beer that we're drinking, yeah. which is called. Lords of Hoptown. Lords of Hoptown, made by Ex Novo. Uh, find us on uh, Untapped. You can follow us at Craft Beer Comics. Very easy to remember. Right. And we'll we'll rate this beer within the next day or so. And I dig it. Follow us. Talk to me about the name. Uh, Lords of Hoptown? I mean, come on. Oh, I know. <laughs> okay. I know. I want you to... Lords of Dogtown. There you go. Uh, that's one of my favorite parts. There's about six of us who are on a Slack channel. I don't know if you guys know. It's, Slack's just one of the industry. Like, hey, we all have this job. Let's text each other through this app um, where we throw out a beer and it's like, how, what are we going to name it? We have a new IPA today. Sometimes it's just what's going on in the industry. So today, uh, the latest beer that got named was... I believe it's called, I'm going to mess it up, 
water, malt, hops, yeast, <laughs> camera, TV. <laughs> Instead of lights, camera, action? No. 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 And if you got it... <laughs> yeah, we're going to leave it right there. If you, if you got, got it, it then you, you got, got it. it. And that's what happens a lot, is you name we name beers, and, and it was like, that's hilarious, because originally it was like, what if we just did man, woman? And it was like, no, you know? And so the four main ingredients of beer are water, malt, hops, yeast. And so... Camera TV. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so when does that come out? That. that one actually we're releasing tomorrow at the tap room. Oh, so, man. so we did one uh, Bach Holiday. It was a it was a my Bach, and we did a Bach Holiday. I'll be Perfect. your Huckleberry, like oh. you know, like oh. So it, it gets really punny. Some places yeah. it's fun. Some other places don't love puns, and so they're like, no, this is this is just called. I love puns, you know. Right. Like, so. I think they're very punny. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, love, I am the follow, pun this year. Follow the so. Astro Zombies Instagram and you'll see how much I like oh, puns. Oh, man. You do right, love puns. You, you love puns. That's so, awesome. yeah. But anyway. Astro Zombies NM, by the way. Yeah. And, Astro Zombies uh, NM dot com? Well, at Instagram. At Instagram. Oh, Instagram. Yeah. Sorry. Also, at Astro Zombies NM. Ex Novo Brew underscore NM because apparently, you know, that's how you got to do it. Yeah, yeah. Of yeah. course. Uh, of course. We're craft... Craft Brew Comics on Twitter and Untapped now. Nobody uh-huh. had that name apparently, so <laughs> we're Craft Beer Comics. I love nice. it. I love it. That works perfectly. Yeah. Speaking of comics. Speaking of comics. Speaking of comics. Yeah. What about a segue into comics? Well, we can segue into comics or we can talk about anything cool that came into the store. Or uh, so speaking of things that customers bring in, you were talking about people bringing in you know, yeah. beers or something. Yeah. Uh, this guy who's been coming in regularly, he's really into the Masters of the Universe stuff. And today he brought in just part of his collection that they just scored on. He brought one of the new Battle Cats, the Mattel Battle Cats. That's like a Walmart exclusive. Yeah. Fully articulate. Wait, like gorgeous sold it hair. Or just to show no, you. No, just to show me. Okay. He brought in a whole like, box of where toys is just it? to show me. <laughs> he brought in the box of toys just to show me. It was wow. So he brought in the whole Masters of the WWE. Okay. And so it's a whole bunch of wrestling He-Man. Um, like Undertaker is um, uh, Bone. Skeletor? It's not Skeletor. It's the really hard to find one, and I can't believe I'm blanking on what it's called. The hardest to find of the He-Man figures is a ghost skeleton guy. Oh, and man. I don't know why I'm forgetting his name right now, but um, he's that guy. And then there's the guy's many faces, and there's... Um, I love that. The, the run is really cool. I'm we not a the huge fan time. of wrestling, but I thought they were amazing. Then he also brought in um, the... The real Ghostbusters. I don't know if you remember the the real Ghostbusters. The cartoon. The cartoon. Right. Exactly. They had a run of toys that at the time nobody really cared about because the Ghostbusters movie was the king of all the kings. Yes. And so to Still see is. like these guys, oh, that's Ray, but it doesn't look like Ray. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense. The toys didn't sell very well. Well, now they're worth a ton because there wasn't a lot made and people really like them now and they just reprinted them and they look fantastic. Slimer cool. is awesome. Oh, cool. I think that the Stay Puft Marshmallow. Could have been bigger. Okay. I really, I think they always fail at making the Stay Puft Marshmallow as big as he should be. I mean, it's yeah. supposed to be as big as a building. Right. Um. So, anyways, the customer hard to sell. Hard to sell if you build a toy that's as big as a building. Sure, but <laughs> let's look at uh, let's look at the Jabba's Barge. Oh, or, I know. Um, um, Unicron. Mm-hmm. Or you know these uh, Hasbro the Haslab toys. I think that they would be remiss if they don't do a, a f- two scale Stay Puft Marshmallow. Be awesome because they're working on Sentinel right now. Well, who the has scale. the uh, who has for has legends? The, who has the license for Ghostbusters toys? 
It's Mattel. Yeah, Mattel. Yeah. Wait, so. does Mattel yeah. do that sort of thing, or is? Or well, is it's, unfortunately, a, it's Hasbro, so it's Haslab. That's yeah. That. So they'd have to. I mean, the and they've been doing, first. as right. you mentioned, the Sentinel. That was something that was funded by fans before they even released it. Because right. I, I'm a member of that like Hasbro Pulse, mm-hmm. and I couldn't believe how quickly they got nine thousand backers within <laughs> wow. a week. For I found a, out that they already had them. So I was like, okay, well, I don't have to do that. seventy-five dollars Sentinel. That's like. 25 inches tall or something Which like I've that. always wanted. I have a son that's about that big, and he's he moves his arms and shoots his it's hands and scale feet from Marvel reason. Legends. So and how many did you buy, Steve-O? Uh, zero, because I've been, uh, like, <laughs> snorting hot toys. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's in just the same mainlining realm. them. It is right. in the same realm, but that's the that problem is, you know, it's not to scale of hot toys, it's to scale for Marvel Legends. Imagine a Sentinel I can't, scale I can't, of hot toys. I can't. Be, I'm nerding out. Your I, size. Nerdgasm, yeah. We... we it would be as tall as we are. So you're telling me you don't want a big sentinel in your in No, your I do, though? but 24 inches? I mean, come on. I've seen bigger. <laughs> I'll stop. So <laughs> that sounds pretty cool, though. Like Thank That's you. neat that people come in just to share their experiences and their love of what they have, not to right. sell to you and be all like, yeah. how much can I get? No, it wasn't it's like, to sell hey, I want to show you because you yeah. appreciate this as well. I had a guy also- come in yesterday and like right at the end of the day. And I had talked to him before, and he just told me that he had somebody send him some, like, really early Captain Marvel comics. Like, oh, Captain wow. Marvel, like, Billy Batson, like, Fawcett Marvel. comics. Oh, DC. Oh, wow. Then later, DC comics. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. early so early Captain Marvel is, like, Golden Age stuff. Right. And for those right. of you who don't know, Golden Age is mostly, like, pre-World War II, like, uh, into the 60s. 55 and earlier. Yeah, yeah. 55 and earlier. So he brought those in, and he wasn't trying to sell them or anything. He just wanted me to take a look at them and tell them what kind of shape they were, what they were in. Yeah, and people can do that with us. You know, yeah. amateur grading, right? Yeah, really cool. Yeah. We're not professionals at grading here. We can you can bring them in, and we can kind of give you an idea of maybe what's maybe what kind of grade you would expect on a book like that. But we're not. But no guarantees. Yeah, no yeah, guarantees. Yeah, no guarantees. And, and you know, it's one of those things where we'll we'll, we'll do it for you, but we can't do a whole collection or something. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, we're happy to look at one or two books. A perfect example <laughs> yeah. is we got about 20 CGC books back today. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, one of the spawn number ones I sent in came back at a 7. Um, one came at a 9.6, one came at a 9.4, and one came back at a 7. And, you know, wow. I look at all these and go, this is yeah. CGC worthy, this is not. I don't know what happened with this 7 because for whatever reason they're not doing greater notes right now. I think they're really behind. Yeah. But I pay premium money for greater notes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyways, I talked to another person today who also sends in the CGC, CGC and they said the same thing. Okay. That no they're greater not doing greater notes. No. Hmm. It's probably, <clears throat> they're just it's backed probably up. because but, they're backed up and they don't have people in the office. But it ain't right, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I have yeah. to agree with yeah. you. I mean, that's part of the service that you pay for. Right. You How, would you know me How do I know yeah. what's wrong with it? Right. You know, I mean, is it missing a page? Some of those spawn books come with a poster. Oh, yeah, it's the and poster. And so maybe gone? the poster's missing and okay. I didn't notice. Um, I saw a few little blemishes and a few little issues, but it's certainly nine two nine right. maybe not a seven. Yeah. So I'm pretty frustrated with that situation as far as it goes. But but that's just an example of I can think that something is something, and I hit a lot of them. A lot of nine eights came out today with some spawns and yeah, some. That's good. So let me yeah. ask you this then, Chris. If since you're so unhappy with that grade, is that like a situation where you would consider cracking it open and seeing, or? And I it absolutely crossed my mind. Um, I want to first contact CGC, see if I can get some information. Maybe maybe they just aren't giving it out, and so you have yeah. to ask for it. 
I don't know yet. I will definitely find out. And it's one of those things where, like, a, a, a CGC 7 spawn will get the same amount of money, if not less, as just a raw one that looks yeah. like it'll grade a 9 6. Right. Agreed. Yeah. So it's, it's hard for me to not, I mean... At least I guess I could practice cracking right. open graded comics with it. Yeah. That's... Speaking of grading... Yeah. Um, I don't want to push away too hard, but immediately... I'm thinking of um, my grading for sci-fi movies, and my number one all-time greatest sci-fi film is, in fact, Alien. I watched it last night. And I know that we're headed in that direction. Yeah, so yeah. I would love to hear, since we all read Alien, yeah, the original did. screenplay. Absolutely. I Yeah, like truly. like I, I have three sons, and every time it was like, if it's a girl, we're naming her Ripley. Like, Alien is my favorite. Favorite. My best friend, Toph. Oh. Hi, Toph. His daughter, Ripley. See? Incredible. Good yeah. for him. Mm -hmm. I have three boys. Dang it. <laughs> They're all great. Stupid. So Sims I named, you know, one's boys. Luke after, you know. So you can't say, Star Wars, you can't say in the, like the sci-fi category, or at least I don't. So for me, like. It's a space western. Alien, to me, is the greatest sci-fi film of all time. You stole half my thunder. I am sure. That's all right. We'll, well segue into yes, it. You want to start? Is. Yeah, tell start us. us off. No, right? Honestly, cool. this cool. is the original screenplay, so yeah, I'm like, yeah. go, go so, hard. So there's a ton about this book. Go ahead, Jason. So on, this, on that note, I will say this book does require a bit of an explanation, and I'll let Chris go ahead and explain what this book actually is, because it's not just a straight-up book about... Just a just straight up alien book. There's a little bit right, of a caveat right. to it. So so basically, this Alien kind of wrote the script for sci-fi horror. When you look at any sci-fi horror post Alien, there's going to be a lot of similarities, and you'll see that they borrowed from that film a lot. This comic book is the original screenplay for the movie Alien 1979. Yeah. There is a lot of changes in the scripting, of course, like all movies experience. So. They wanted to put, they wanted to put different, um, you know, they, they put a different twist on what the original screenplay is. This is Dan O'Bannon wanting to get that original screenplay out. Okay. He hired this guy, and I'm going to mess these up, so I, I apologize. Cristiano Sexus, um, he's Brazilian. Okay. He actually started a, um, so he, he hasn't done a lot. Neither of the... Dan O'Bannon and Cristiano Sexus, they co-wrote co it together Okay. Um, for the, the adaptation to the comic book. So Dan O'Bannon is the original writer of the screenplay. So they, oh, okay, that's what I wanted to know. Guilherme Balbi is also Brazilian, and he's the artist, and he really hasn't done much in the comic book world. But um, Cristiano is the co-founder of the School for Visual Arts in Brazil. Oh, and it's considered wow. basically the number one um, school for visual arts. It's, it's up there. It's in the top. Okay. Two or three. So, Balbi, this hasn't really done much comic book stuff? No. I actually wouldn't know that because this the, the like, storytelling and the, like, the facial work for the characters in this book are, like, are, like, right on point. I wouldn't have guessed that this guy hasn't done much comic stuff. He, he's done, the only other thing he's done that's, that we would be a, a familiar with is Predator. Oh, okay. So, surprise, right? Also Dark okay. Horse, right? Um, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I um, was, I was intrigued by the fact that since it's the original screenplay... This is before Geiger got involved. It this is, is absolutely. And so I was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm super. Cool. So with that being, with that in mind, that like, so his Geiger is like 
so responsible for all of the like the visual side of it, the visual yeah. side of what we associate with the Alien franchise. So like I I'm super interested to see like what the Xenomorphs end up looking like because I mean because that was his design like yeah yeah no absolutely um but here's the thing it was all based on Dan O'Bannon's original script yeah so you'll see even in this comic book the the engineers different looking but similarly similar, different to me similar in their size and and the concept i mean obviously the face and the head and he's got these protruding spikes and out of his knees and his face and everything the engineer looks fantastic i think it's one of the coolest designs in the book mm -hmm. um so they used geiger still used in um a lot of just what the descriptions were in the script yeah um but you know this is definitely based on early stuff what i think is interesting is how hard it would be to separate yourself from what Geiger did because it's such a... Iconic. Right, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you can't not think of a xenomorph in your mind without seeing the xenomorph. And same with the engineers and same with the, the way the, the um, sets are made and things of that nature. It's very difficult to, to have come up with original concepts. But because they use the original scripting, it actually kind of comes out in the same way they just look different and so that was really cool as far as getting the contrast right. of, of the movie which i watched the movie immediately after reading this comic book so okay yes. i'm glad you did because i mean i it's one of the few movies where if somebody put a gun to my head and said recite every word of a film it's like return of the jedi alien like there's a handful of movies where it's <laughs> i like, would be alien i know as opposed to alien game over man um <laughs> i know Seven so days, a man. alien is, is truly it's uh, top 10 greatest films of all time favorite sci-fi film of all time so it was a little hard for me to separate because literally every single character looks completely different and i'm like wait 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 i thought of you wait, when I who, the characters. Oh, <laughs> young why? cable Oh, dude, yes, completely. Uh, so his like, name is Melconis. Right? Yeah. And so I was like, wait, who is this going to be? And so I immediately, I was trying to connect it. It was kind of like when uh, they released the Star Wars original George Lucas script for yeah, A New Yeah, the Hope. Star Wars. And I, I had a hard time with that comic as it's well because it's it was different. This at least, I think, lends more to the film because it's the screenplay, so it's closer, and they didn't... George Lucas hit so <laughs> no there's no hating Christians no departure place no yeah so but okay but I mean you mentioned like how Alien kind of wrote the yeah it's the template basically yeah. for sci-fi horror so what did you think of the comic I think it's great so here's the thing um when I read it I thought to myself this feels very familiar and then when I watched the movie it's it's spot on it's there's incredible. Yeah. it's very close they did not deviate much the name of the ship is the snark as opposed to the nostromo right um which i guess if you think about it it's a better name nostromo is a better name than Much snark better. yeah um <laughs> but i mean you know i mean it just works better so i can get that you know there's no ripley character at least that i've seen nope. they haven't right. named every character thusly but this the characters feel the same in ways they're just they just have different names everything that happens in the comic pretty much happens in the movie very similarly. In fact, when I watched the movie after reading this book, I was like, oh yeah, that was exactly what happened yeah. in the exact same cadence of everything. You'll notice something in the Alien movies. There's always 
like a darkness and then the whizzing of a mechanical mm-hmm. something and then like the lights coming on and then click, everybody click click click. click 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 and rooms come on and they do it in the first one they do it in the second one they do it in resurrection um they they start the same and they kind of end the same where in the end of spoiler alert guys if you haven't seen the alien <laughs> movies um <laughs> first of all what <laughs> you've had 30 years yeah exactly um or longer they always defeat the main alien threat, right? Seventy nine. Um, they always or defeat 41. the main. Yeah. They <laughs> defeat the main alien threat, mm-hmm. and then they get on the ship, and everything's good. And Ripley's like, "I got you, I got you." And then there's the alien, and they got to fight it again, yeah. and it rips Bishop in half or whatever. And you're like, "Oh man, you know it happens in Resurrection, it happens in Aliens, it happens, it happens in all of them." Every right? single one. Uh, Prometheus. Oh yeah. Um, which is the worst alien movie in you guys' opinion? Covenant. Right. I don't even have to think about Covenant, it. Covenant, yeah. Covenant yeah. by far. I haven't seen them all. Including so AVPs. I haven't seen them Covenant. all, so I'm not <laughs> sure my opinion counts. But I feel like the one I enjoyed the least is probably Alien Resurrection. I'm Man. with you on that. Yeah, Man, I love Resurrection. Yeah. Me too! I only saw that once in the theater, I think. So, res- so it's been a long time. But definitely I think I caught it on book. cable one time, and I was like, what, what is this? So thing? that's directed by the guy to City of Lost Children. That's yes. why you see Ron Perlman, that's and a lot of the same true. actors from that film are in that movie. Well, that's and then David Fincher for Alien 3. Yes. Like, oh, there's some I phenomenal... Me too! There's some phenomenal directors Whole that different kind of movie. were brand new. And so to me, the Alien series was, I thought, brilliant. Prometheus was okay. It was a little weak. Alien Covenant was murderous. It's for, a trash can of it a is. film. I Thank mean, you. I'm sorry. It's so hard to... I mean, and it's not like Fassbender does a bad job. It's not like no, anybody in the movie... He's amazing. Oh, he's a great actor. Um, everybody in the movie does a good job. It just doesn't make any darn sense. And it doesn't pace well. And, no. and And it's confusing. And it's supposed to be like the answers. You know, we're supposed to be getting the answers in this prequel trilogy that may not even get a third part. Right. Who knows what happened from Prometheus to Covenant as far as, like, did she ever make it? I mean, they, right. they discuss it. Yeah. But I feel like they could have done that story and it would have been a much better... So for you and I, because we're both, like, super nerdy alien fans, and I, there's a lot of people listening that are probably that way. Yeah, it's the second best uh, sci-fi series of all time. Whoa. <laughs> that was my thunder that you stole because I—that's what—that was my intro. So the, the <laughs> we're about to talk about the, the second greatest, best science. Fiction. So the greatest science fiction series of all time. Are you just going to say Star Wars? Does it count? Is this, I mean, yeah, I know it does. It takes place in space. I, I the remember, best character is the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I know, no, you're not wrong. So because so, there's so many, other and it's hard to not include series. Star Trek in there. I think I, it's tied for second. Well, no, no, no yeah. And then there's there's some really good. Anyways, we don't have to get. There are a lot. It was. I'm just going to do it as a joke. But what <laughs> I'm saying is, as as super fans, for those that are listening, that are probably because I look around the the shop right now, and it's like I can see a xenomorph, I can right. see a face hugger, I can see there's literally like alien merch everywhere. Yes. Um, for us. One of the things that was hard for me with the comic was knowing every word of the film, I kept wanting to skip ahead. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the pacing, because it's a comic, is slower than the film. I, I was surprised. I was oh, See, that's what I would ask. I was surprised by where it ended. I was expecting... Well, this, it was weird. This I was expecting is, Dallas... What, maybe the first 15 minutes of the movie? Maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You really just get a kick in, in the pants as to, to the characters. Yep. And everything's really good still yeah. at this point, you know. That's why they ended it where they did. Because this is the hope of, of finding something. They get pulled out of hyperspace just like an alien. Yep. They have to, they get a, a beacon. I mean, it's a screenplay. They're super just confused. Just like an alien. Like, yeah, why are we awake now? Right, exactly. And where he even says we? in here, he's like, man, I don't feel as, 
lethargic as I normally do after this long of hyperspaces mm-hmm. yeah. because they're only halfway to Earth. There they all some... think they're getting payday, and it's not <laughs> the case. Not payday. <laughs> um, it's yeah, alien honestly, day. I thought it was a weird, a weird point that they chose to end the first issue because I feel like it could have ended with a cliffhanger. That's what I thought too. Yeah, Same. like I, I thought. Nothing. Okay. That's I thought, very okay, straightforward. So this gets this ends when somebody gets face hugged. That's like, what I thought I, yeah. too. I've made, and maybe but that's why they did it because not, I thought the exact same thing. That's that's what I'm gonna say. Is I think that's what the cliffhanger is because everybody everybody that's buying this book mm-hmm. is an alien fan mm-hmm. and they want to see what the alien looks like, what the face hugger looks like. If they're not going off of H.R. Geiger's stuff, right? Because that's what I'm interested in. I didn't the like this book. Is, okay, okay. I didn't. I okay. loved it, but, but I want to read the second one because I want to see what these things are going to look like. Have you read a lot of alien books? Uh, not a lot of them, no. Um, I've read my, almost no alien comics. My favorite writer of the alien stuff is Brian Wood. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. And and he just kills it. Um, recently, there was a Dust to Dust, and it wasn't Brian Wood, but it was only a four-issue mini, and it was boom, 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 done. And it was super fast-paced. It was a quick read. Like, if you got the, the trade, you'd be done in 30 minutes. Easy. Wow. Okay. okay. Maybe even 15 um, it's super fast, and I, that's kind of what I liked about this book is it starts you off, it, it has that slow intro, and then it really progresses fast, and you're just learning the characters, you're learning the situation, and then it's done. Yeah. I, right. I felt it was a very fast read where I didn't have to worry about going back and be like, what happened, where am I, why does this person do that? I, I actually really like that. My favorite thing of the book actually is uh, Bobby's arch, the way he does... Um, the different panel mm-hmm. construction, just looking at this control panel is like, wow, that is super cool. What does this weird little set of cylinders do? And then the, the beeps and the clacks, and I mean, it's beeps really and good. And it, there's a, everybody's favorite character, feline, maybe in this book as well. <laughs> right, right, I yeah. saw that. And, um, Jonesy. Yeah, in, his Jonesy. Own, in his own little, little uh, cryogenic cryo- tube. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, that's immediate. And I almost thought about not bringing it up because I didn't want it as a spoiler, but, I mean, it's like the second page. Right. But just look at... No, the artwork is phenomenal. The color palettes are very space They're very, yeah. Um... I like how even though it we- this is very Geigery still though, it, as far it as is. Like that's where I was set, a little bit like, like I said, how can you possibly well, pull like, yourself yeah. out of not yeah. doing if that I'm this, kind of art? If I'm this artist and like I've seen the movie and I'm sure this guy has to have like seen the movie just like in preparation for making this book. Unless like, they told him not to. They're like, hey, yeah, have yeah. you seen Alien? Okay, you're our artist. Yeah, maybe. Don't watch the freaking movie. Yeah, because we want your fresh take. But well, I feel like that yeah. didn't happen because that, that like there's or, panels in this book where you're like, well, that's what so the script well. is okay, so, so good. That's what I was about to say. On the inside cover, it literally says, this is an adaption of Dan O'Bannon's original 1976 screenplay originally titled uh, Starbeast. Star the visuals, what a terrible name. I know, right? <laughs> Thank the, God. The I visuals totally and the design of the ships <laughs> and the alien are based on descriptions in the screenplay. Right, right, exactly. So because of that, like it was like, oh, this is very Geigery. I was like, or this is how he described it in the screenplay, which right. is, and, and which is what was I was... And to... Exactly. ...to make super intrigued. brilliant out of it. I didn't Absolutely. love it. I liked it. I'm intrigued enough that I'm going to finish this. I know I am. I like how close so far it is to the movie um yeah i I like that i like the design of the ship i think it's it's unique but it looks similar to the design of the ship in the movie um i love the design of the engineer personally me too um i like it better than the weird 
snorkel. I do too. I think the like engineer looks way better in this yeah. than yeah. they do in the, in the movie. And it's definitely worth picking up just for the art. If you're an yeah. Alien fan, you'd be crazy not to pick this up. And like um, I said, I'm I'm not I wasn't super into it, but I do want to pick up the right? second issue. And that so let me yeah. so let me ask you this, Chad. What what was it about this that 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 you didn't like? Um, I think it was I think it was possibly part of my own expectations. Hmm. Like understanding Geiger was going to be out of it. But but like wasn't Ripley like there from the beginning? Right? And so I'm like Originally, I don't no, think no, it was written I hear as a what man. you're saying. Right. I, I yeah. know that they cast uh what's her face because she was she auditioned and they were like Actually, no, that's perfect, and I think that's cool. Yeah. Did you so just call Sigourney Weaver what's-her-face? Yep, I did. <laughs> Sorry. Man. She'll never hear it. Lord um, and if what? she does, come talk to me. Um, <laughs> please, please. Please come talk to me, Sigourney Weaver. You yeah. have all, all the respect for Sigourney Weaver, however, I must say. Oh, I love no, I do. She's one of my favorite women of all time. Same. Me too, and I love that she got that role, because I think it that was like one of the first... like women empowerment no, roles absolutely. that when, was when, like she mm-hmm. was powerful she wasn't this like oh I need help you mean she, like Ghostbusters when people, were, <laughs> when people were talking about Wonder Woman the movie um, and they were talking about oh finally a, a strong female protagonist 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 I was like uh, 1979 Alien right. and 1983 Aliens and yeah. or 84 yeah. whatever it is like no Right. shenanigans there's been plenty of strong food so princess my, freaking leia 1976 she yeah. had to be rescued but she rescued them right yep so my, my well, i guess all they part do of is it, let her out of the cage and then once once leia's out of the she's, cage she's in control she's in control she represents yeah. what are you saying Chad? um I, I i i wonder if the original screenplay didn't have a ripley maybe ripley's name was different mm. right and and well, I've all been, the names I was are conf- different in this yeah. well that and that's the thing is and i was confused with the facial art once they put helmets on, I couldn't tell who was who. Right. They, didn't, they didn't really address everybody's name yet. Um, they kind of gave an intro. Here's a few personalities, but we're not going to meet everybody. Yeah, and maybe I don't know if that's on purpose because everybody ship. dies. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But again... Why spend a whole lot of time developing this character that's going to be the first one to die? Right. Yeah. And again, it's the original screenplay. Maybe Ripley's not in it. Maybe Ripley's name is different. Right. Maybe Ripley's right. the cat. And we don't know yet. <laughs> well, I mean, if Ripley was originally written to be a man, maybe a male character is is in that role in this book. Right. Yeah. And well, it, and we definitely expect that. That's what I was expecting. Name. I mean, Ripley, you could definitely just, that's a man's name as well as a woman's name yeah. if you really wanted to. So I got to say, for those that are huge fans of the series, it's worth picking up. For those that have never seen the film, it's worth picking up. It's just a good read. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm for sure, it, well, it's on the pull list that I want. Let me um let me offer my perspective as somebody who like I've seen Alien and I enjoy the movie, but I'm not I wouldn't call myself a, like a fan of the franchise. Like I've seen maybe half of them, probably less. Um, this book like coming at this as a as a new, as somebody who isn't an Alien fan, it'd be super easy to open this book and be like, okay, so I've seen this story a bunch of times. It's it's that like. You know, blue collar workers in space dealing with something right, way right. out of the ordinary. Sea of stars. Yeah, but then I had to keep reminding myself, "Oh wait, this is the property that invented these." Right, tropes. right, right. The like, tropes right. are made because this is the template. Like I was saying, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I mean, it was interesting for me. Um, I haven't seen the movie in a while, so like, I feel like I was coming in pretty fresh. Um, uh, but I really thought it was just a really well put together comic, and if you're a fan of reading comics that are just good, I recommend this. If you're somebody who isn't doesn't have a lot of experience with the Alien franchise, 
as that guy myself, I enjoyed this. So, nice. like, come check it out. I really, I really think that if you're into sci-fi or you're into horror or some combination of the two, you will enjoy this book. Nice. So, one thing, and it was actually my intro, and then I got, got off. Dan O'Bannon, mm-hmm. um, he pretty much screen wrote all the Alien films. Okay. Um, or helped. And he did a lot of other stuff, including Heavy Metal. Wow. I didn't and know that. And Total Recall. Really? And he directed my favorite horror movie of all time, Return of the Living Dead. And I found it out last night. And wow. I was like, what? Are you got to be kidding me. So my mind was blown immediately as yeah. to the fact that when I did the homework on, on the creators, because I wanted to know what I was talking about as far as those people. Yeah. Dan O'Bannon, man, that guy's been all over the place. He's a lot of cool, man. And he did a lot of crazy B-horror, like, stuff you've never heard and probably will never see. Right. He did a lot of stuff like that but Return of the Living Dead is the, the first one where you have it's based on George Romero's Night of the Living Dead right they basically pretend or act as though that really happened it wasn't just a movie and then one of the zombies is being held in a military canister in the basement of the mortuary that this punk rock kid works at and that's the basis of the Return of the Living Dead is they accidentally mm-hmm. open up this canister and the zombies come back to life. Dan O'Bannon made that film amazing, and the, the zombies talk and are, 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 are they're sentient, basically. They're not just looking for brains. Like, the one guy comes in, he's like, send more paramedics. He, like, talks into the, to the radio, yeah. knowing that, hey, we can get more living people if we tell the police to send more people to help. And so it's one of my favorite horror movies because it's so funny. Right. Because it's so gory, the gore is, is very um, authentic and it's thoughtful as far as... It's not just blood and guts and a pile of right. crap. You know, it's like there's the, the zombie woman that's topless and she's cut in half and different different levels of decay. Um, there's the... Because they're in the mortuary, there's like the, the cut in half visual dogs. You know what I'm talking about? Like oh, yeah. The, um, they come back to life, so it's like barking, but it's cut in half and like pasted on a piece of board and but it's barking and like you see like the descent of the guys who die and then eventually they're slowly becoming decrepit and uh then turning into zombies it's a masterpiece it's one of my favorite movies of all time so to find out that this dude original screenplay yeah did the it's incredible besides myself and i was like how did i not notice before one and two how will i ever forget it never all the more reason for you to be a fan of that guy and i am speaking of zombies it's actually a really good segue into what I read this week. Boom. Uh, I read Deceased, Dead Planet 2. Um, so if, if you're familiar with the Deceased uh, franchise, it's been going on for a little while now. About like a year. Yeah, yeah a couple so of years now, yeah. They, they tried something with essentially zombies in DC land out of continuity, and it really took off. People liked it. Uh, speaking of zombie movies, I don't care for zombie movies. I don't okay. like zombies for whatever Rock reason. Dead? Okay. Uh, yeah, I just don't. But I love this book. How about the original? The original. Uh, Night of the Living Dead. No, George I just Romero's. don't care. Okay. I don't know what it is about zombies that I don't know. I just There's don't different care. versions it just of zombies, do it for you. and, and yeah. I get that. I, you know, I like slow walking dumb zombies. I like super fast running zombies. I was gonna zombies. say Twenty Eight Days Later. That's a great film. Um, Dawn of the Dead maybe, the remake. Yes. And maybe that's what I like about Zack Snyder. Yeah, yeah. This uh, this series and this Good this this whole deceased idea is that it's superheroes as zombies. And so it's, like, it has a hook for me for whatever Which Marvel's reason. done before. Marvel but has, and I never got into it. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, DC has me. 
Well, deceased is deceased is a very different um, feel mm-hmm. than Marvel Zombies did. Right. Marvel Zombies was very like, hey, look at these look at these heroes and villains eat each other. Isn't oh, that crazy? Zombies. Whoa. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Zombies. And this is this is very story driven. Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. that's what's really cool about it. Um, this issue basically uh, it opens up like the cold open is uh, Constantine and a group of people fighting off zombies, stuff like that. And uh, Swamp Thing just shows up. What? He's like, what's up, bro? And he's like, what are you doing here? And it's like right in the beginning, you know. Um, and this is a review show, so just expect mild spoilers. Nothing nothing big. But so he shows up, and he's what kind of drives the, the mission here. Swamp Thing? Swamp Dang thing it. Well, I'm getting it. <laughs> yeah, so, so like because there's a garden that uh, Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn have in uh, Gotham. And it's they've they're protecting people. That's where they've got them. This is the second issue. Um, and it's like the fourth. Of it's like fourth the fourth volume. Of volume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fourth so deceased really? has become a like it's a like franchise. Right. The original deceased book, um, and it's all been written by the same guy, a okay. guy named Tom Taylor, and um, who did Injustice. Yeah. So yeah. he rose to prominence writing the Injustice comics. Which he really elevated from just being like a dumb video game tie-in comic yeah. to just being like a just a really well done like character-driven yeah. Elseworld that right. like he did a he's done a really good job with that sort of thing. So it's so basically Swamp Thing is like yeah I know I know about the garden in Gotham. There's this other thing in Australia that I can't get a bead on and it's making me like uncomfortable like. I know the green, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm in touch with it, but I don't know what's going on here. And so that's what drives the story. And the, one of the coolest things, and maybe this is what draws me to it as well, is that it is so out of continuity that anything can happen. Right. right. Like Superman can die yep. and this Everyone person can is die. Fair game. Everyone's fair game. And so I don't want to tell you who dies in this book, but people die. And it's surprising and you're like, I did not expect that. Right. Chad, did you read the first deceased? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I mean, well, now a I huge have death. To. A huge Dang death. It. In like the third Cito, issue. I, don't you spoil it. I highly recommend. It. Like <laughs> okay. it's it's, it's like, <laughs> I've thought about kids. getting it for the longest time, but I always oh, thought it was like, well, Marvel time. Zombies already did that, Billy Joel. I I skipped out on deceased at first because it was. I just figured this right. is just DC's. Marvel Zombies, and, and I did not enjoy. I yeah. did not enjoy Marvel. Zombies. I didn't either. No, and yeah. but and I don't enjoy zombies in general. Yeah. But I love this book. I love this series. I mean, even Kirkman did a little thing for Marvel Zombies. So no, absolutely. Robert Marvel Kirkman, too, right? who did uh, The Walking Dead, you might never have heard of it. it. Right. Yeah, no, seriously. And I never got into it because that was the very thing. Like you were saying, Jason was. It was just all our favorite Marvel. Ca- I didn't want to see Captain America eating Spider Man. I didn't care. Like. And so I didn't... There was much more in in, that story. At least the first one. I didn't read the second one. The Marvel bit was... The Marvel one was just very much like, we're going to shock you with who eats who or whatever. And whereas Deceased is very much done like... When, when like, you know, one character loses another character that they're very close to, man, you feel it. They do a really good job of like... I like that it's all one one writer too, Tom Taylor. Is a brilliant still... Yeah. Like... Involved or is it still because yeah, of it's, Dark Side? Yeah, it's because okay. of him. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
So there's, uh, I don't really want to spoil. Yeah, don't. I'm gonna read it. So that (laughs) happens in the first (laughs) panel of the first. I believe we have the hardcover. I'm gonna get it tonight. Uh, Cyborg, cyborg is very involved in it because he's a robot. Because he's because he's a robot. He's a robot. Um, and so cool with that. And I don't want to go too too much into detail. Booyah. Just I, I really think that if you're if you're into zombies, okay. you're gonna love this book. If you're into DC, you're gonna love this book. And if you're not into either of those, I really think you're gonna love this book. Okay, cool. You had me at Swamp Thing. He's my favorite DC character. He's so cool. Favorite he just shuts up. Yeah, he's awesome. You should see what he does in this. How much the show going to? Oh, one billion! Pr- I Wasn't own it, it really on, good. I own I, this is mild departure. I apologize. I, I did it on purpose. I own it on Blu-ray. So for those that didn't watch it, DC Universe they created Swamp Thing, and he's my favorite DC character. And then they axed the show like six episodes in, and I thought, well, I'm not going to get DC Universe now. They they got an eight then eight, 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 eight yeah. episode run. Well, eight they had they had good. They had. They had you know, stated on, you know, everywhere, picked up the news. And so it was like, this show's canceled. There's going to be a couple more episodes. I was like, that really sucks. The supposed you know reason, what? though. Yeah, is I is because HBO bought them out. And there's there's actually allegedly going to be another season. So I will say this. What I, yes. what I heard about the show is that they had worked out some deal with the state of Louisiana where they were filming it. Yep. That, like, they were going to get some crazy tax breaks and, and everything and... Like in from the from them getting that deal to when they're actually filming the show, right? Things some changed. like administration it, like, yeah. changes happened yeah. or something politically. Yeah, and so they they weren't going to get so, that tax rate, that tax mm, cut anymore. Maybe you should come to New Mexico. I know, right? Film. Well, okay, but here was the problem. You I can, that happened thing before. In New I was going to say I can tell you why thing. that won't happen because that entire show, if you watch it, the swamp itself is a set. Yeah, it's a whole built. set. And that's what they it's said not, was the problem was that yes. the set was tens of thousands it's, of dollars and it cost that money to, to maintain. It's gorgeous. Well. Yeah, it's it a, looks real. And I will say, like, I love B-rate horror films. I love horror films in general. Um, I, I don't want Swamp my Thing, I, I have teenage boys and I we bought it on Blu-ray and watched the entire series together. And it's one of the raddest shows I was I really very, it. very sad. Like, even in and of itself, as one season, it was fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's some cliffhangers. There's hope for another season. It is one of the best shows I've seen in the last few years. I thought it was really Swamp Thing was amazing. So, yes, it's with, worth checking out. With HBO Max, like, going, like, HBO Max is going to produce some mm-hmm. DC Comics, like, shows and everything. But with that HBO money, I bet you, I wouldn't be totally surprised if we see another season of Swamp Thing. So there's rumors right now that they're going to start off with Justice League Dark and that they're going to segue back into a second season of Swamp Thing because, dude, the, the first season's amazing, I'm telling you. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I Like I said, I, I bought it on Blu-ray, mm-hmm. which I never do with television series. It's like, right. this is going to be on Netflix until the end of time. Exactly. Um, but I still bought it because it, it was just such a good show. So DC did a really good job with that. I was actually kind of sad with the whole DC Universe thing that it didn't get more love because Titans, Swamp Thing, like just some Titans good. Wasn't good. Titans, Titans is, wasn't Titans wasn't great. Titans is not good. Swamp Thing <laughs> it was like far superior. I think but Swamp Thing could have been great. Titans. Yeah. It, it had I the sw- makings of greatness. I yeah. swing. If it wasn't cut short. I swing episode to episode with Titans between loving it 
and hating it. Yeah. Just the trailer it's, alone gave left a bad taste in my mouth for that first season. Yeah, right. and that whole Ugh. that whole yeah. first season, like mm. Dick Grayson is in that mode. So <sighs> it is just I, oh, I, I struggle with Titans. I mean, you know I what's get funny? It because the Bat Family and Batman are two problems of so their own. But we mentioned Titans, the daughter of Deathstroke came into Astro Zombies to buy ti- Teen Titans comic books. Oh, really? As, yeah. It was as when research. I was working as <laughs> research <laughs> Did back she in the day. Come uh, on. No. You didn't have her sign the ceiling? No, because what, she, I, I asked her, <laughs> so if you don't know, here at Astro Zombies, the ceiling is signed by so many incredible people, whether it's a comic artist, writer, actor. Skateboarders. Uh, she had just gotten the role. She was in Albuquerque filming another TV series. And uh, she came in to try and find uh, the the origin of the daughter of Deathstroke, and we talked for a little bit. And Anybody know what comic that is? I don't. Actually. The funny thing is, I remember texting you. I, so I was like, new team I, have, I do not remember this because <laughs> DC. I don't remember either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I'm probably the most DC guy here, and I don't know. Yeah, like, I'm. I, well, it was I, such an obscure character. I assume right. it's somewhere in the like that George well, Perez. So but anyway, so she, yeah, she showed up. I mean, it's got to be Teen Titans three or four. I mean, because his main motivation is her. Right. Right. So I mean, Teen Titans two, first Deathstroke. Right. Yeah. So it's got to be two, three, or four. I yeah. mean, I would guess. So yeah. So anyway, she was in here like getting comics and talking and post and let kept, us know if you know the answer, guys. right? She kept. <laughs> she just kept asking about this character, and I'm like, Shane I honestly screaming at don't right know now. much about this character. <laughs> yeah. And she Shane was in here. Yeah. Sure. yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that's 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 a great story. Yeah. That's awesome. Um. So, I let's hear more about the seas to wrap up or. Uh, so this is again. This is only the second issue, so I don't want to do too much on spoilers. There, yeah, absolutely. Uh, she is in this issue. Oh, cool! Yeah, I was um, going to say that. It's so too funny, you should mention that character because she's in this. Okay. She's in. <laughs> so there's a lot of the kids are in this because the deceased thing has been going on for a while. Right. So, so there's the a lot of kids in cool, here. Great spoiler alert. Um, Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying there's kids in here. It's a zombie story, Steve-O. Yeah, I know, right? No, but I know. It's actually I learned my lesson with Walking Dead. It's really interesting how they how they use those characters and how they bring them up to fill okay. certain shoes. Um, there's a line, and I'll spoil it. I don't know if it's in this one or if it's in number one, but it's where uh, Superman's son is Superman now, and he's got Superman's suit and everything. Yeah. And somebody called him Superman, and he's talking to Lois, and he's like, I'm uncomfortable with that name, or I'm uncomfortable being called that. Yeah. She said, then stop acting like it. She says, then stop earning it. Yeah. So and it's like, John, so and Jonathan, that, again? we're yeah. talking Jonathan. Okay. And that moment is an example of why I love Tom Taylor's books. So good. It's yeah. because he'll put a little moments in there where you're like, I've been read like we're three pages in and I'm already choking up. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. There's he's, an awesome, he's there's great an awesome with one those in little this one with character Batman. bits. Gosh. I love Batman? Mm hmm. Did you? Okay. Ratchman, you say? I, mean, I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Yeah, okay, so. yeah, like, don't you do you it. Should, don't you it's, dare. It's funnier. <laughs> there we go. Um, I will say, you know, that first run, the, the deceased, the first volume one. The one I'm buying tonight? Yes. yes. Cool. Yeah, Thanks, yeah. Guys. Oh. Thanks, guys. Cool. <laughs> the, uh, it, it definitely choked me up when, right. when, you know, when you lose one of your favorites and you're like, you're like what? And, no. And it's so unexpected. No. And Zack's okay. not even a, a DC guy. Right. 
I don't hate on anything, but I just I just didn't grow up with as much DC as I did right. Marvel, you know? Yeah. yeah. I was a poor kid, so I had to pick and choose what I did. So, I mean, you know, it was Batman yeah. and X-Men titles. Oh, yeah. And Spider-Man. A billion percent. And I, I got into Green Lantern when Hal Jordan came back. Okay. Uh, same, because of Jeff we, Johns. We all did. Oh, I, I was pre-Jeff Johns. But oh, I mean, okay. You know, it was, Man, that I'm rebirth talking, like, was... Late 80s was okay. when I got back into that Speak- whole stuff. But... It's a good segue to talk about the zombies and then Robert Kirkman. Yeah, we yeah. mentioned Robert Kirkman. Yes, dude, and, okay. Um, so, Robert Kirkman is on a new project now, now that The Walking Dead is over. Um, and he, Invincible and everything. Yeah, good. and <laughs> well, Invincible. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And that's, that's very that's true. Cronenberg, Stellar. Walking yeah, okay. Dead. I mean, and his new look. project, I think, does a really good job of filling the shoes if you need some wow. Robert Kirkman in your life. Um, so he has started writing a book called Firepower that is, it's a kung fu story at the heart of it. Um, so the main character, his name's Owen, he is, uh, he's a Chinese-American character who doesn't know, doesn't he, at the beginning of the story, which begins in the prelude trade paperback that was literally like where the story starts, okay. the first issue of the, the first quote issue of this story is a ten dollar trade paperback. Okay. So it's it's a great deal for a lot of story, and one of the coolest things about it is since he was just writing for a original graphic novel, the story really sort of has room to breathe in it. Yeah. And there's no like cliffhanger pause. Yeah, and yeah. Start again for at issue two kind of thing. Yeah, okay. there's none of that in there. It just feels like which I think is why when because we got an advanced reading copy of the of the trade paperback. Months ago, like back in January yeah, or something, something like before the world ended. Yeah, before in the in the in the before times. Yes, remember um, before yeah. times. <laughs> people and were bumping into you at movie theaters. Like, what's a movie and, theater? Mom? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. The before times. Anyway, so we got this advanced reading copy, and I took it home to read it because I was like, "Yeah, okay, I'll read this one." Because we get those from. We get those from time to time. And Kirkman's really good about it. He did that with Oblivion Song, and I believe he did it with Invincible too. And he yeah, yeah. He pushes the envelope Kirk, on the. Kirkman wants to get, Kirkman wants to get shops, into the game. Like they want yeah. you to be able to. They want you guys us to get excited about. Love him for that. About that. He's about his work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, I took it home. I started reading it, and I read the whole thing in one sitting. I just devoured the whole thing, and it's because it's just paced as one long issue and before I knew it I was at the end and I was like I, I want to know what happens next and you had to wait six months <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then uh, the first issue was supposed to come out as a free comic on free comic book day oh wow the, so the first issue was supposed to come out as a, as a free comic book day thing and then the second issue was supposed to be released that same week so you're able, supposed to be able to get issue you know one and issue two in the, at the same time and obviously that didn't happen since Free Comic Book Day is always the first Saturday in May, and that was like right in the middle of when every comic book shop in the country was closed. Because yeah, in the world, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that didn't happen. So they had to read. They had to change things around. So um, the release stuff got changed. Anyway, so the the story is about this guy who goes to China to sort of like learn about himself. Because he doesn't know much about himself. He's adopted, but he knows he has this picture of his parents and that they are from China. So okay. he goes to China to try and find out 
And so he gets told by, like, if you want to know more about your parents, you need to go to this fighting school. So he goes to that fighting school, has to, has to you know, go through the fighting school to get, to get, try to get information. So they yeah. send him to another fighting school. He so goes, he starts he, at the firebending school and goes to the airbending <laughs> school? Okay. So by the time we meet him at the beginning of the, of the trade paperback, he's, like, he's already a competent fighter. Okay. And so he shows up at this monastery at the top of a mountain. It's very kung fu sort of trope. It doesn't sound anything sort of like thing. Iron Fist at all. <laughs> no, it is. It is a little or bit Amazon. like Iron Fist, but okay, I think where the where the story ends up going is is Completely. different. Good. Also, this guy's actually Chinese, so there's not, right, yeah, there's not yeah. the whole That's white savior. That's why I said Chang, Shang, Shang Chi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's not the whole. Uh, there's not the whole uh, problematic sort yes. of white savior aspect of the Iron Fist. The Last Samurai. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? That's a good movie. Tom Cruise. Yes. So, yeah, so it's actually was, it's much better than I was expecting that movie. Great movie. I thought I was like, why are they whitewashing this? Why does Tom Cruise got to be in everything? Because Tom Cruise. What's going on? But it's actually Tell Me Edge of Tomorrow is in the top ten I greatest sci-fi that. movie of all I time. I love that exactly. movie. They've been Stop working on a, dub, on a sequel for a while. <laughs> I wish they would finally spit that one out, man. I love Groundhog's Day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he he shows up at this monastery and he goes. He meets a very interesting new master who's a very fun character to spend time with and uh he learns how to you know he learns he learns about himself and his history through training with these monks at this monastery okay and the the book ends in a way that you don't expect and then the first issue picks up okay cool and it's 15 years later and owen is back in america for some reason he's totally left that life behind and he just wanted to. He just wants to raise a family. Well, he's not a billionaire. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. You know, That's right. He's yeah. A, yeah. He's not a billionaire. That's why I can relate to Iron Fist so much. Is because we're all billionaires. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And our hearts. Batman and Iron Man. With we're billionaires <laughs> with friendships. I mean, comics are this, comics this are filled with billionaires. But right. anyway, or just like off the chart intelligence. You know, like. I'm almost as smart as I can't wait Richards. to talk about my book now because I <laughs> so, relate to this character so much. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I really think the strength of firepower lies in one. Robert Kirkman writes really believable dialogue. So yeah, oh, completely. Yeah. When you when you're when you're spending time with these characters, you feel like you're actually part of a conversation that could actually be happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the r- artist on this book is a guy named Chris Somney, who has a very simple sort of almost retro style. He there's not a whole lot of line line work. He it's very it's simple but he does he does a really good job of pacing action sequences, which really works very well for a book that focuses on characters who are doing kung fu all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um the second issue is almost entirely a silent fight scene. Oh, and that, and wow. that came out no the same way. day, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Basically, it's a silent fight scene because Owen is f- having a fight with a ninja in his own house, and his kids have no idea about his like wow. kung fu master past, and so he's trying to. So he's trying to be quiet. Yeah, he's trying to fight these. Oh, he's man. trying to fight these guys. That's cool. Without, without waking up his family. That sounds, awesome. sounds cool. <laughs> and so there's a whole lot of like Jackie Chan esque stuff where he's like stopping a wild, like a like a cup of water from yes. falling off a nightstand. Uh. 
and <laughs> love it. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Jackie Chan is my favorite. But for it's sure. a, well, Chetley. But some, but Chan. I feel like Ooh. a hard like action is hard to to do in a comic right. because it has to be paced and drawn in such a way that you can follow it. Yeah. And I think Chris Somney does a great job with that. Um, I totally don't mind reading a comic where I'm just looking at pictures of dudes punching and kicking each other with right. almost no dialogue. As long as it makes sense, yeah. Right? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. If and you can it's, get the story that, to flow with just the art, why wouldn't you? Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. It's So this is a really great book. Um, I want to sing its praises because I really believe that as the... the possibility of being a really great ongoing story yeah and so i just want to get people in on it because i really love it <laughs> had me at kirkman he i just think he's brilliant um, um like when we got we got like i told you guys i read that advanced reading copy and then when the trade came in like just as like a thing that we could put out to sell i bought a copy for myself and i sat at home and i just opened it real quick just because i was like i just want to look at this art real quick and before I knew it, I had read the whole trade again. Right. Oh, like yeah. I just I just read the whole thing cover to cover again. And I didn't even point. mean to. It just drew it drew me in that quickly. And I, I picked it up when it came out and I just I haven't gotten around to reading it yet. Man. So now that you now that one and two are out. So can I put so one like in, a, can I can I put one and two in your box, Jack? Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the fence. I know. I'm like I keep getting so much. Dude, that's cool, man. Yeah, read I, more, yeah. read more comics. So, so, yeah, um, so basically, there's the the prequel, like the prelude, yeah. which is a trade. It's a trade. And there's paperback. the free comic book day number zero, or is it number? It's one? a number one. And so the number one that came out this week is the same story, um, but the the three ninety nine version. It's like if you weren't able to get your hands on a copy of the free comic book day one, which. We still have plenty of copies of. That's cool. And if you want to come in and grab one, come in on Saturdays. Yeah. Which which are for the next four yeah yeah, five weeks right? Mm -hmm. We're doing free comic book summer every Saturday during the summer. So come in. We have copies of it. I got a lot of that. We 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 have plenty of copies. So come in and check it out. You can read an issue of it for free. Look at the beautiful art. Check out the great Robert Kirkman writing and just. And then we have we have copies of the Prelude trade paperback on the shelf. We even have that advanced copy still. Yeah, yeah, we oh, even dude. have that advanced copy still. That's so cool. that's cool. Cha-ching, man. Cha-ching, yeah. Which I think is a good sec because you're talking about like trying not to add a billion books to you. Right. Um, there are plenty of books. Um, you can't see my arm podcast world, but I have an entire X Men sleeve since I was a kid. X Men has always been my favorite. I have. Deadpool on my arm from um, New Mutants um, 98 and uh, Cable from X-Force 6, which is not his first appearance. It was New Mutants 87. However, I just always loved the art from that one. Anyway, Deadpool, I don't know if you've ever... Was that somebody besides Life of the Dead? I don't know if you've ever... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Actually, yes. Todd McFarland (laughs) did covers for... Todd Todd McFarland, sorry. I I did that today (laughs) when I was saying too, though. I was Um, trying to type it into the... Yeah, Todd McFarland. Todd McFarland. That was a McFarland. Yeah. My bad. My bad. Um, I bet Todd McFarland would love to have a place called Todd McFarland. He probably he would. Yeah. It's in Arizona. Uh, he does. Um, oh, no. Anyway, Deadpool. Because of the success of the films, I've always enjoyed Deadpool. However, I stopped reading it because it became. Too this much. is it. This is what he is. He's Deadpool. He's going to be crazy. Seen He's going to be whatever. 
Um, Deadpool number six released this week, written by Kelly Thompson. Uh, oh, Kevin LeBranda does is the artist, and I have not read it, and I purposefully picked up issue six because I'm like, hey, I haven't read Deadpool in a while. Can I just pick it up because it's Deadpool <laughs> and start from here? And I got to tell you, it made me immediately want to pick up the trade for the issues one through five because it starts a new arc, of course. Um, if you're not caught up, I'm going to spoil a little bit of what's going on in Deadpool's world. Apparently, in the last arc, he challenged the King of the Monsters and won. Killed the King of the Monsters, which in turn causes him to now be the King of the Monsters. And where where is where are the monsters? That's the funniest part of the whole thing. They are in Staten Island. <laughs> Staten Island is the <laughs> is island Staten of the Island is yes. Staten Island is now where the, all the monsters reside. I mean, and I'm like, who the heck are the monsters? Good. My favorite part about this is, this is the first few pages. I know nothing about the monsters. And the issue begins with Deadpool in the most Deadpoolist of ways as an explanation to show you who the monsters are. He's basically playing like Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon cards <laughs> to learn who his royal subjects are. Oh, shit. Because he's the king of the monsters. And it was... Hilarious. Dude, so the writing, I got to tell you, like back in the day for me, Joe Kelly... Daniel Way, they were they were Deadpool writers to me who gave him that voice because when Liefeld did him, he wasn't the Merc with the mouth. Right. It wasn't until Joe Kelly really got a hold of him. He was breaking the fourth wall. It was funny. It was a little irreverent. It is quite crass because it's Deadpool. Right. Um, but Kelly Thompson, the voice they give to Deadpool does both because I think Joe Kelly, he was still kind of a bad A dude. Like he, he was a Merc, like he was still strong. Daniel way. He became more of like comical. He wasn't really worth anything. It, he was just kind of like a schlub idiot. Deadpool. Like self-deprecating humor. Super self-deprecating. And I think the, the best Deadpool is when you can, when you can bridge Daniel way and Joe Kelly together because he is pretty self-deprecating, but he's still a member of like Weapon X and is still an assassin yeah. and should be feared. Um, Kelly Thompson, I, I'm, I'm like, dang it, one more book to put on my pull list <laughs> because I thought Kelly Thompson did a phenomenal job with balancing both. It's an absolute pull for me. Um, it reads like a fun one-off. Someone say. I know. Okay. <laughs> okay. This issue essentially Deadpool's angry Punch. because even though he's not a mutant, the films he's in has created him to be a mutant. Therefore, right. he should be a mutant, right. which is what he says in the beginning of the book: breaking the fourth wall, <laughs> talking about Ryan Reynolds. Right, right. Um, inter but at the same time, like what I love the most about Deadpool is Deadpool's at his best when he's breaking the fourth wall and interjecting social commentary which is like a good episode of South Park. Like, you don't need to watch every episode of South Park. You can jump in at any time, and it's like, man, that was hilarious. But at the same time, I just learned something about what's going on with Scientology or whatever it happened <laughs> to be in that moment. And this issue of Deadpool... Well, it's not Scientology. It's, it's what's super... It's Mormon, more, well, Mormonism. It's, yes. Right, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, that, that but episode, yes, that episode. Like, it's a science... Yeah, 
So that's what I'm saying. Space with bleep bleep or with like Deadpool, that. this issue is a one-off that bridges the gap between the first arc and it heads in a really interesting direction for the next arc that I was excited about because um, Elsa Bloodstone is in this issue, who's one of his royal subjects. I like Elsa Bloodstone. I do too, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and essentially this issue is him going to Krakoa to tell the X-Men they're fascists because they won't let him on the island. <laughs> <laughs> because even though he's not a mutant, the movies he's in proclaim him a mutant, so he deserves to be there. And that's essentially the entire issue. That is brilliant. It's phenomenal. And I, I was very happy because, like I said, I picked up issue six, not reading the first five, going, can I just pick this up? And you absolutely can. And so... I was super stoked on it. It's 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 like I said, it's a good issue. It's Deadpool. It's vintage Deadpool. Kelly Thompson. I I just I loved everything about it. It's so good. So so Wolverine and everybody that's on the cover, of Magic, all those people are actually oh yeah, in the Polaris, Storm, Cyclops. Oh, they're definitely in it. I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying anything, but Deadpool, since he's not a mutant, can't just take the portal to Krakoa. Oh. So he has right, to right. find a way to Krakoa. In typical Deadpool fashion. Oh, okay, no. okay, okay. Don't, so that he can confront anything. the X-Men to tell them they're fascists. Like, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. literally it. And so, that's all I'm going to say. So, so the whole comic is his journey from Stanton Islands to Kakoa. That's it. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's it. It's and so With and, this chip on his shoulder. This, yeah, yes, a big one. <laughs> yes, and the subsequent encounter with the X-Men, that's all I'm going to say. One billion percent, you should read it. So, so. so last night, I was struggling to fall asleep. And I watched all of Alien, and usually I'll fall asleep to Alien. You know, I've watched it enough How times. How dare you? <laughs> you only watch TV when I'm going to sleep, first Right, off. right, right, right. Yeah. Like, um, it's, it's comfort food. Right, right, right. No, no, exactly. I, I get that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's, I don't have to, I'm not, it's not going to keep me up. It's Master Puppets. Because I can fall asleep. <laughs> That's my album that I like. I yeah. can't sleep for me. Master okay. For me, it's music I'm super familiar with. Oh, yeah. completely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So, so... Alien didn't put me to sleep, and it's 2.30 in the morning, and I was like, oh my gosh, i got to get the frick to sleep. So um, I had Deadpool 1 recorded off of FX. Okay. And, and here's the thing. When you have watch a movie that's, that's got commercials, right. usually waiting for the movie to come back on is when you fall asleep. Yep. So I was like, cool, this is going to put me to sleep. And it absolutely freaked me out because I forgot that he calls Ajax a mutant, one of the bad guys. Yep. Like, the he's like you mutants or whatever the the drug dealing dude that lands in a helicopter in the first act, and I was like Ajax isn't a mutant, so it's right. funny that you bring it up because I was, and it's funny that that's what that episode the, the issue is about. Issue because talks I was about like they're not mutants at all. What the heck's going on? That doesn't make any sense. Yep. So I actually didn't know that Deadpool was into mutants. He is not a mutant. Weapon X. He is he's part of the Weapon X program, so he's got that healing factor and things like. But, but where does his healing factor come from? It comes from the Weapon X program. The Weapon X program. He yeah. did not. He did not. Like unlike Wolverine, who still had mutant abilities to begin with, as James Howlett as a right, child. Right. Weapon X is the program that gave him his powers. So he's not. So he's a GMO technically. Mutant. There you go. Sure. So anyway, sure. dude. All all to say all that to say, one. It's a great read, and to sag into the other X book, uh, Phantom X. Giant Size X-Men, Phantom X, who was created by Grant Morrison um, during New X-Men. They pay not homage. It's not, and they pay homage to that in this issue. So if you're an X-Men fan, I just got to say, like, 
Hickman launched everything again and at first I was like what is he doing I'm intrigued he's a good enough writer that That's I good. like it there's some things I like there's some things I don't like sure Deadpool was a fun departure it didn't have any reading pages where you have to, <laughs> you have to read things Beast it was a lot of fun diary right page three um, <laughs> this was a giant size of X-Men so I was wondering if there's going to be multiple stories this is literally an entire issue about Phantom X mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. a character that was created by Grant Morrison that I didn't really get to know until Rick Remender's uh, uncanny X-Force run where he made him such a prominent member of X-Men that, or X-Force that it was like how can I not love this character in my He's opinion incredible. in my opinion that's the seminal X-Force I completely agree yeah it's, Com- it's yeah. absolutely brilliant um uh Hickman actually wrote this giant size X-Men issue yeah I noticed that yeah and to me it was a big deal and it's basically an origin story that sets up where the X-Men are headed next with Phantom X at the center of it. And I could not be more excited as an X-Men fan for whatever it is Hickman's doing. I have no idea. And this one, so this is a, a one-shot giant size Phantom X. Giant one. size yes. Phantom X where okay. it's like, this was his origin all the way to the present with Krakoa. But what happens within reminded me a lot of his shield run. He did such an excellent mini called shield oh it was so good and then it just sort of ended it did sort of yeah it did it ended and then they they tried to continue they did try and then it i I think it just it failed it just fell off again yes it did fall off they stole it it happens then they're like okay we got to finish the story and oh 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 we're not gonna finish it so i think hickman's a man of brilliant ideas that Sometimes the climax, the end, like you just don't get to it. Or sometimes, like Dying in the Dead for Image, it was arguably my favorite number one Image has ever put out. Um, It took forever to get to. In fact, I think after the third issue, he wrote this giant apology like, I'm doing so many things, it's going to be forever. And then Image re-put out the first three issues as a trade, and then he finished it, which was excellent. He's got too many things cooking. All that to say, Phantom X, this giant size X-Men issue, was one of the most comprehensive Phantom X comics I've ever read. It made me really excited about the direction of the character. It made me really excited about the direction of X-Men. And I cannot wait to see where this is going. The only thing that sucked was the ending of the issue doesn't tell you where the story continues, and it leaves you on a giant cliffhanger. It so I'm d- like, wait, do I need to read Empire X-Men? Do I need to read X-Men 11? Do I need to read... Wh- where's this story continuing? It shows the read order in the back, unlike the Wolverine on our first podcast where I like went to go look at it and it wasn't there. I was yeah, like, yeah. what the heck? So yeah. this one actually does that. It gives you the read order. I also read um, X-Men Empire 2. Okay. And I didn't feel... I read it before Phantom X. Okay. And I didn't feel like I was lost or... It, Anything that happened in Phantom X really had anything to do with what happened in Empire. I don't care about two. Empire. I care about Phantom X. Where is he going? <laughs> He's not in X Men Empire, so you don't really okay. have to worry about it. But yeah, I agree with you in that that book was phenomenal. It, was it a very good read. The art. I had no concept of Phantom X. I knew he was a character. I you didn't need read to the, read Uncanny X Force. I read <laughs> spots of it, but it was more Deadpool. Um, Wolverine. Stuff. I mean, okay. Wolverine leads the team, right. so yes. you should read it. 
Right. right. <laughs> but, I, mean, I just haven't read it all. There was just, Phantom X. He he had like this weird relationship with Psylocke. He had. He's he's a really odd character. He's that, not a hero. No. So to speak. Yeah. Yeah. He's no. definitely in that in that morally gray area. Very much so. But this one to me was the first time in a long time that I didn't feel that morally gray. It seemed like he was on a mission. And he was most definitely a hero in this issue to me. So, well, but most of the characterizations of Phantom X that I've seen is that he, he's his heart is in the right place yes. most of the time. He just goes about it in morally gray Which he ways. definitely does that in this issue. So, <laughs> so explain Phantom X's powers for people who don't know. Oh, gods. Well, that's a great question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just very vague, for it's, sure. It is super Always? vague, yeah. yeah. Okay. He's kind of like, and I hate to... I, he reminds me of like a Domino meets Deadpool meets... <laughs> like, well, he's, he's, he's hyper... Rob Liefeld Ross. He's yeah. hyper intelligent. Mm-hmm. He has a ship that's like techno-organic, like right. it's like a living ship. Oh, that's kind of It's cool. literally like yeah. meld all of Liefeld's original X-Force characters together... No joke, like, okay. and you've got this. He's not French. He's um, oh, they even they even joke about it in the beginning because Zealand. he's got an interesting yeah, got, accent. They're like, are you New Zealand? Are, are you, you are you Dutch? Are you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah. So they, they actually make fun of that. They do the make fun of that in the beginning because like, I thought he was trying to fake an accent and he was no, doing a terrible job because no. was like, what's with your accent? Yeah, so I'm sure there are people that are screaming because they're like, this is his mutant abilities. Yeah. But, but to me, it's so vague that he's like this assassin, almost has the domino luck aspect because mm-hmm. things work out for him. But again, the ship, it's got this tele, like telekinetic, organic, like life form that's almost like the R2-D2. Is that part like, of his birthplace? See, no. So that, to me, threw me off. The beginning of the issue was like, oh, he was genetically created on the first page. It's like there's mm-hmm. this lab where all these babies are being genetically created. That's news to me. But that's the weapon expert. I might go right? read his, his like where he first appears, but then I'd have to wade through a Grant Morrison book. Yes, <laughs> and that's no, that's Chico's a thing. not all bad. <laughs> Which no, and and being that that Grant did create him, like I'd love to go back to New X Men because, like I said, I wasn't a, I wasn't into New X Men as much. I. It wasn't Uncanny, why would you? It wasn't Uncanny. And so Uncanny X-Force with Rick Remender is where I first discovered him. He was already developed. He was, to me, it was like, oh, he's Gambit, because he's almost French and in love with Psylocke. So it was like Gambit, Rogue, oh, all over again. But <laughs> but in, interesting, because he's an assassin murdering people and a morally great character. So I very okay. much enjoy Phantom X. And this, this to me, was... I already liked Phantom X, but this put him over the edge. Like, wow, this character has so much potential. Can't wait to see what they do with him. He keeps going back to that place, right? In the book. Yes. Every decade. Yep. Um, is that other him that he's visiting? I believe so. That's what I got out of it. Okay, so yeah, without... I don't want to spoil too much, like, the... Because it is a giant-sized comic. Right. So it begins with this genetically modified child... And they're always one genome off so that they can try and splice them and they can try and discover new mutant abilities. They can discover different things. And there were two... It just made sense. Two babies that were absolutely identical. Yeah, like an accident. An accident. It's like, this is impossible. And it's like, well, Mm -hmm. this doesn't help us scientifically. 
we don't need two of the exact same thing. Discard this baby. <laughs> so Absolutely. They discard yeah, yeah. Phantom X. Right. And the other one, whoever the twin is, Phantom X keeps coming back to perceivably save. Break him out. Or and save yet him. he oh, does okay. not want to be saved because he enjoys his atmosphere. That's all and I'm going to say. And what he's getting done. Yes, and what he's, he's, and doing what he's accomplishing. It reminded me of, like I said, it reminded me of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it reminded me of his big Avengers run uh, when Hickman did this like new world run. Um, I could see the artwork and the style being similar in that he's creating a new, a new world with this clone. And I, I'm very interested to see... And now Phantom X has brought the X-Men in to hopefully save his brother, his clone, his twin. I himself. Brother himself. Clone, himself. Yes. Brother clone, his twin, strife. ultimate <laughs> reality version Sure, of sure, his strife. I mean, it's... It's brilliant, man. Yeah, it was a really good book. It's it was, the best Hickman book I've read in a very long time. Um, so. so so a lot of people, um, I even talked to some customers today who were feeling uh, Hickman, X-Men fatigue. Mm. That's why I don't like, pick up any of them anymore. Remember, I, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I had X Men, had Hickman X Men fatigue almost immediately. Yeah. yeah, and it's hard not to. I mean, the House and, and Powers of X yeah. or Powers of House of X, yeah. Powers of Ten or whatever it was. O- um, opening with a weekly book essentially, because between House and Powers, the two of them, it was really just one weekly right. series. Yep. So it's, it's hard so, to not get fatigue when you've got two or three X books a week. Right. And right. they're all related, and if you don't read one, you may or will be confused in the next one because you're yeah. like, Professor X got shot in the head, but now he's totally cool. <laughs> right. What happened here? Well, that I, was I, I, I know there's reasons, this but... Is, right, right. Although I will say I'm enjoying reading the main X-Men title Yes, because each issue has kind of been like a one-issue, yeah. just short story that's just one and done, one okay. and done, okay. one cool. and done. So I've been enjoying that well enough. Um, but I I do feel like just reading that book, I'm not really getting the the big picture, and I I don't there's not enough hours in the week no, no, with all for the me to read, to read for for me to read everything else I'm reading, and then also a ton of X family books. I just can't. I and just I, can't for me, I think that when you know when you make it so that they're all connected and they're all this one big thing, there's there's literally a ton of mutants right right and i when you split the stories off i can be like cool and i like gambit and rogue right. rogue i'm gonna, I'm gonna read, read that and yep. i don't have right. to read because not else. only are there a ton of mutants but now everybody's back like every mutant right. ever is like back on the and table they're all living in the same apartment called Kokoa. <laughs> yeah right. so, absolutely you mean they're all living the, in the same yes. they're all living in the same sex cult called yeah. Krakoa. right right from yeah. what i understand yes. yeah Krakoa is a so the reason i brought sin. up this whole hickman <laughs> fatigue so thing is, is the den of iniquity i see where you're going and i'm like yeah. i'm I think already. that Phantom X is a great one that you shouldn't not read. Yeah, don't miss um, this. Okay. And here's the thing, though. It doesn't have a whole lot to do with the Hickman story. Nothing. It's about Phantom X. But it's it's a very good story. It gives you a little snippet at the end as to, like, okay, this is important. To, important. Why? Right. And, and that's it. I think that don't read... If you're not reading on the X-Men, okay, don't. Um, yeah. But this is one you should read. He did... When he did Avengers and New Avengers, I don't know if you guys read that run. I read the whole I thing. I thought it loved was all of it. phenomenal. Okay, do you remember Starbrand? It was like, yeah. who the heck is Starbrand? And he made Old him school. this 
80s. Brilliant character I've heard that, that you greatly cared about. I believe this is his setup for Phantom X being vitally important. And I was really excited. And he used uh, he used X Men characters in that run. So too. Yeah, he did. Because Sunspot, uh, yeah. Sunspot and no. Cannonball. Were no, I'm both. just yeah. Oh Sun, yeah. Sunspot and Cannonball were Avengers for a while. Did you guys know that? Right. <laughs> and so <laughs> I cool. I I think Hickman's at his finest. Like you're saying, if you're fatigued by this giant world, this is him breaking it down to hey, let's focus on one character mm-hmm. and really let him shine. He does it so well with Phantom X. It's it's a must pull. It's completely different from the Nightcrawler giant size that came out, you know, right before COVID, where it has nothing to do with Nightcrawler. Yeah. It does not add uh, to Nightcrawler's character whatsoever. Um, I, mean, I guess a little bit, but not enough for me to yeah, be compelled to buy that book because it's Nightcrawler book. Nightcrawler's barely in that book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Why well, even put his name on it? That the book. Magneto giant size X-Men was also good. I haven't was, read that one yet. It's still sitting in my uh, in my thing. It's, it's, okay. it's I know, Magneto. I want to read it so bad. <laughs> so imagine imagine meet Magneto goes on a like a short mission with Namor. Awesome, which yeah, is crazy. Yeah, with, yeah. They both hate There's humans. Just two, right? right. Exactly. <laughs> two, total, two total egomaniacs who hate humanity. God, every time I read a Submariner book, I'm just like, I can't read this guy. So I, <laughs> I love him. I, he's I great. He's so <laughs> good. Namor is great. Namor. Namor is great as seasoning. He should yeah, never, yeah, yeah. He should a, never be the main course. You remember that eighties run where he was wearing like the super like speedo? Like, yeah. Like, like, yeah. like it was the eighties though. Uh, I mean <laughs> Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Remember yeah. when Superman wore his underwear on the outside? Shut up. Right. <laughs> they brought that back. They right? did bring the that fans back. fans made an uproar until they brought that back. I know. Yeah. I know. Remember when Superman was electricity and he was red? Oh, heck yeah. We don't talk about that. <laughs> I do. You know what sucks that. is I totally <laughs> bought a, uh, back in the day when that happened, it was a four pack of action figures. It was Nightfall Batman, not Nightfall Batman, red electricity bat, uh, Superman, and, and blue, blue electricity Superman. Yep. I still have that box heck set. Yeah. But I look at it going, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> I'm not taking this into the shop to show it off. <laughs> uh, I've, I've actually thought about just bringing it in to sell it because. It's yeah. just one of those, like, getting back to Phantom X, I believe it's one of those times where you're like, this character has been around for a very long time. How do we reintegrate him and make him super interesting? I think Hickman's doing that with Phantom X. They've used, him, they've used him on and off in X-Men stuff over the years. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of X-characters that are like that, where they're like, okay, there's 8,000 different yeah. mutants. How do we, How make, this we one? make this one? Or, I have a problem I need to solve. I wrote myself into a corner. How can I possibly solve the problem? Oh, yeah, I'm going to... I'm gonna, yeah. I feel like Phantom X is also a character. I'm not sure that that, that character could could hold its his own series. Maybe a mini. Yeah, they could do like a six issue. Well, we're gonna find out. I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, you never know. But you know what? I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have thought that that uh, Adam Strange could hold a twelve could hold a twelve issue mini. But Tom They're King seems to be pulling that off. That. Strange Tell that to Jeff Lemire's Animal Man run because that was phenomenal. Well, and <laughs> Grant Morrison has he a run. He just kind of picked Man up the really Grant Morrison, the, the Grant Morrison. Uh, train, <laughs> he just right? decided to finish that story because Grant Morrison was still finished. Anyway, yeah, we can well, talk cool. about our opinions on Grant Morrison. Later. Yeah, I mean, this could <laughs> this could be a long time. Right, much like a Grant Morrison a... run, you have to <laughs> see it for seventy-two weeks. Into Green we yeah. whole, I still don't know what's going on. We yeah. could do a whole episode on Grant Morrison. <laughs> Let's not do that. Then. But Let's we're not, not going to do that. We're going to save ourselves for next time. 
We want to thank our sponsor, Stevo from Ex Novo. Mm. This uh, we had Lords of Hop Town today. It was pretty good. I had a little sample. Remember? I know. Right? You're not nearly as drunk as we are. I know. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Thus the rambling. <laughs> and uh, we want to thank Astro Zombies, our other sponsor, for uh, letting us use their space. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Follow us on Untapped to see what we think about the beer. Uh, follow us on Twitter, both of those at Craft Beer Comics, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>